1: Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of the SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Cornell Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. All right, welcome
2: to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, they are awesome. They have 136 draft beers, they have a 50 foot TV. You can go there. You can watch LSU, the regional. Yeah, it got deluged with rain, but LSU, we know they're making the super regional next year. Next week, go there watch all lsu baseball uh football is going to be starting soon you can watch the nba finals the pelican house 2572 city place court baton rouge louisiana you should support them because they support us all right uh we have a great special guest that andrew has lined up jonathan goodwin former super bowl champion two-time super bowl participant former new orleans Saints center isn't kind enough to join us even after our audio disaster last week uh jonathan thanks for joining us <laughs>
4: Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, glad to be a part of the the podcast.
2: <laughs> thank you. Uh, I guess my first question is, Jonathan, with the, with the Saints' influx of, you know, they're going to be reshuffling the offensive line. They, Pete might play guard. He might play tackle. They might have two new guards. They might have all that. As an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. how difficult is it? when you say you have two new starters or three new starters, to hit the ground running and be good uh-huh. when you start in the games that count in September?
4: Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but, you know, that's what the uh, OTAs are for and the uh, training camp and, you know, the preseason games. So I think it's about, you know, finding the right guys that can come in and get the job done and then find it. Finding that group, that group as quick as possible, and then letting them play together, and you know, you know, get to know each other, and uh, you know, get used to each other. So that that'll be the key, you know. Hopefully, uh, you know, some of those guys that are competing for a position will go ahead and stand out early in all season. You know, coaches can kind of go ahead and narrow down who they want to be in the starting lineup. Well, Goody, um,
3: and thanks again for doing this, man. I know uh, it's it's been a long time coming, so it's great to finally have you on. Um, but it, it's interesting. Early in your career um, with the Saints, you were kind of in a similar situation where you joined the team and where you were a backup for a while behind uh-huh. the Saints, and then and then you come in and you're the starter. And you the team was seven and nine for a couple of years, kind of similar to mm-hmm. what they're going through now. Two two bad stretches. And then out of nowhere, boom! Two thousand nine comes, and not only do you make the playoffs, but you know you go on to win the Super Bowl. And so, mm-hmm. I guess it, fans obviously are looking for silver lining here. There were obviously the turnovers on defense; that was the big thing that they were able to create turnovers. But besides that, can you maybe tell us what this team needs right now? What what was it? What was it that you guys were able to do to flip the script from two seven and nine seasons to becoming a, a fourteen and two type team?
4: Uh, i think the (laughs) excuse me like you said the uh the defense provided a lot of turnovers that year and uh you know they you know at times would give up some uh yardage but they may give up some yardage and then they would make a play and uh, create a turnover offensively i think the key that year is you know a lot of games we did have leads and we were able to get up on people but i think the key that year was we had a balanced running game so you know, people had to respect the run, and then when we did get leads, we were able to finish the games off by running the ball. That took pressure off of uh, Drew, and uh, you know that when when able when excuse me when you, when when you're able to run the ball when you want to, that opens up a lot on the offensive side of the ball, and I think that was a uh, key for us that year.
3: Jonathan, it felt like in
4: 2000. So, uh, how
3: close? How close do you think the guys are? How do you? How close do you think these guys are to duplicating the, the running attack that you have?
4: Uh, you know, I, I think they they have some uh, talented guys. You know, Saran you, is a great left tackle, and you know the two guard spots are kind of up in the air. Max is a great center, and then you know Zach's a, a proven right tackle. So, you know, I I, I think they you know the 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 talent there is just about putting putting the guys in the right situations and putting them in, uh, you know, adjusting techniques here and there. And, you know, I I, I look forward to seeing what they do this year because I think they can do great things.
2: Jonathan, you know, in 2009 you guys sort of – I feel like you guys sort of flipped the script. As most teams say, you know, we're going to run to get ahead and then we're going to throw to close close out the game. It seems in 2009 you all sort of did the opposite in that you kind of – would, would throw a bunch to get the big lead, and then especially in the first half of the year, it was okay. The Saints were up by 10, 14 points. Now it's Mike Bell time in the third and fourth quarter to, mm-hmm. to to sort of close it out. Is that sort of is that sort of the Sean Payton philosophy on offense? Is sort of the the run is sort of the hammer to sort of close out teams. Well, well,
4: I think you you know that you always. If if you're closing games out with the run, I mean, you have you you had a lead, and uh, you know if you if you got a lead, you don't want to be putting the ball in the air because you don't want to take a chance at incomplete passes and clock stoppages. Uh, you know that year in particular, like you said, you know we, when you got a quarterback like Drew Brees and you got a great offensive mind like Coach Payton, you know you you can do some damage in the passing game. And then and that year, you know, was special. Like you said, we got up on a lot of teams and. Then when, you know, when it came time to it, we had the line and we had the uh, running backs that we could close the games out. And, uh, you know, that's uh, when when you can do that, that that takes a special group to do that. And uh, it it takes a lot of work. It takes a a lot of practice. But I think they have the guys there that are capable of duplicating that success. Well,
3: you had a long career in the NFL, and I don't know how many people know this that are listening, but. You played in college with Tom Brady um, Uh, at Michigan. And then now, obviously, in the pros, you play with Drew Brees. And you've been around other talented quarterbacks, too. I mean, you played with the Jets and then, of course, Kaepernick in in San Francisco, who had a tremendous amount of success when you were there. I'm curious, you know, there's a lot lot of quarterbacks, Flacco, um, Stafford, Jay Cutler, uh, Kaepernick, who you played with, guys that have had success that... Some weeks really show the potential that they can be special, um, but they, they're they not consistent week in, week out. And then you see guys that you've played with like Drew, like Tom Brady, where they, they're just doing it every single week. It seems like it's a small difference, um, but it, it makes all the difference. So I'm, I'm just curious if you can, as best you can, maybe explain to us, what is it about?
1: Okay, it's time to commit.
3: You need indeed those guys in particular, and what is it about elite quarterbacks that allows them to separate from the pack of these guys that perform well on occasion but can't do it every time?
4: Well, I, I think when I when I think about a guy like Drew and I think about a guy like Tom Brady, the the number one thing that stands out to me is uh, you know they're, they're they're really smart guys. You know, you you, you can't fool them they 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 prepare pre- prepare well and you know think of drew 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 a lot of people i don't know people realize how great of a work ethic he has he is uh he treats every day and he he wants to get better every day whether it's a practice a walk through or whatever he, he's in the weight room and he he he's unbelievable and uh you know that with the fact that he's one of the smartest guys, you know, on the field in the NFL. And he's also, you know, he, he has, uh, you know, he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he has probably the best touch in the NFL. He's probably the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, Tom in a lot of ways is, uh, similar to drew when it comes to worth ethic and just, uh, you know, going out there and knowing what to do with the ball and when and where to go with the ball.
3: Jonathan,
2: not
4: that the quarterback. So it sounds ha- like
3: you're saying it's a, it's a big commitment and focus more than anything else.
4: Yeah, because with, with all the things you see in the NFL now, the uh, different looks, the blitz, blitzes and the coverages, if if you don't prepare and you it takes a lot of time. It, it, it really does. Uh, you know, Drew would be at the facility just as much as the coaches sometimes, <laughs> it seems like. And, you know, it's a lot on his plate as a quarterback. And if you don't put that time in to 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 have an idea of what's coming and just uh, study as much film as possible, at that position, you're in trouble.
2: Jonathan, it sounds to me almost like you're saying the quarterback, they don't necessarily have to be the best player on the team, although that's what you would maybe want, but they definitely have to be sort of the guy that's the hardest worker, and maybe that's that's unfair to to say that the quarterback has to be that. But it it seems to me, in all your experiences uh-huh. with, with Brady and Drew Brees, that that's kind of like mm-hmm.
3: what
4: it's
2: what it's got to be. The quarterback's got to be the first one in and the last one to leave, and that's just part of being a quarterback.
4: Yes, they they, they definitely have to have to have that type of mentality, and uh, you know, th- just it may not be fair, but guess what? The quarterback gets all the he. Uh, <laughs> When Steve go great, he gets all the limelight so uh it's 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 deserved uh for a for a guy like drew for a guy like tom brady those uh a guy like aaron rodgers those elite quarterbacks they uh they 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 deserve what d- the limelight because they get it they have to put in that the time and the work to be to be successful so you know not to mention drew's a great guy, so <laughs> i'm a big Breeze fan so i don't know i don't know if i'm partial but you know, he is uh, definitely uh, great in all ways.
3: Well, Giddy. So, real quick about this guard situation. There's, we're kind of in this limbo status where we don't know who the starting guards are going to be. And you've played with Senio Calamete, and you've played with Tim Lolito, and those guys are kind of penciled in as the starters. And then you got this first round pick, Andres Pete, who you know it's obviously the future and there's a lot of talk about him moving to guard i'm curious how realistic is it for a guy like on who by all accounts is a tackle how
0: mm-hmm.
3: realistic is it for a guy like that to move to guard can he be successful and how how do you see that whole thing shaking out
4: well it's uh like you said it's not an easy transition and uh you know but the guy you know he was a first round pick so we you know he's he's got some talent you know it's just about whether he's going to go in and put in the work and uh apply himself to to make the adjustment you know when you're at guard you know guys are, guys get on you quicker than they do at tackle so that's one 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 thing he has to just adjust for but you know being that he was a first round tackle I know he has great feet so it's just about going in and learning the little Nuances to the position and uh, putting in the putting in the work to become a, a great guard.
2: Goody, as a casual fan and not like a a hardcore film watcher like Andrew is, what's something that that sort of like the the casual NFL fan that that watches games every Sunday? What's something that we can look for on offensive line play? Where you can look at it and say, oh, oh, that guy, that guy's struggling or Ooh, that, you know, that guy, that, that's not so good. That's, that, that could be a problem.
4: Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's, it's uh, to me, the offensive line position is in some ways tough to judge without knowing what a player's responsibility was. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see a guy getting ran over, and <laughs> you know, you know, he messed up. He, he got, he got whipped on the plate, but uh, <laughs> you no, know, there's, a, there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it from the footwork on a, a on, on a double team, you know, that could determine whether the double team is successful or not. It's just, it's a lot of, a lot of tricky things to see uh, from a, a TV copy. You know, the best, to me, the best, Film to watch uh, offensive line players,
2: the uh, end zone copy on the coaches' film. Jonathan, fun question for you. When, and, and I know maybe a team success is, hey, we won the Super Bowl. That's sort of the pinnacle of my career. But it was there a moment in your career where you you played just fantastic per, personally, individually, and you said, you know what? That was when I was at my freaking best I ever was as an athlete in the NFL and I just destroyed people that day do, do you have a memory
4: like that uh well I, I would say you know my one a game that stands out to me is the you know the Super Bowl when we beat the Colts yes. uh, you know I felt, I, felt like I had a pretty good game and the uh you know, I'm I'm a guy on the field that really doesn't do a lot of talking, doesn't don't <laughs> do a lot of t- trash talking, and the two defensive tackles for the Colts that day got to talking, and me and oh. Carl and Ja got to talking, and, you know, we all had a great game. I, I, as you can see, I think Drew only had four incomplete passes. But, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's a game that stands out to me. It's, uh, you know, maybe a couple games in Frisco, but, you know, we're not going to bring those up. <laughs>
3: No, no, no.
4: That that never happened. You never left. (laughs) Okay, yeah,
3: okay. (laughs) Well, uh, Giddy, one thing I want to say real quick, um, you know, and obviously another big moment for you, I know, was making the Pro Bowl. Um, You know, just getting that validation from around the league, from the coaches, from the other players that, you know, they kind of viewed you as one of the best players at your position. Um, So a big moment for you, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, is there, is there anything, I mean, obviously you kind of did it all. I mean, you had a lot of success at Michigan. Um, you know, those teams won a lot of games. Uh, you won the Super uh, you, you, you made a Pro Bowl. You went, you went in in a period in your career where you went, I think six, seven or eight seasons, uh, where you played 16 games and didn't miss a single start. I mean, is that, I, I mean, could you have written it any better? I mean, are there any regrets whatsoever from your pro, pro no, career?
4: N- no, definitely no regrets. You know, I, uh, you know, definitely had to earn uh, <laughs> every year and uh, every every inch of my NFL career. But uh, you know, I definitely have no regrets. Uh, you know, when 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 it was during my last year, I knew that it was time to let it go and you know fortunately to this point i haven't missed it i know i made the right decision and you know it's uh it was a fun ride uh, i'm blessed to have had the opportunity and you know i'll be sitting back saying who that every week what what's your what's
2: your gut before we let you go what's your what's your gut say the saints are going to be this year not like, not, not necessarily, you don't have to give me a record, but do you feel like they're going to move out of that seven and nine sort of purgatory that they've been in the last couple of years?
4: I, I think so. You know, th- even throughout those years, the offense has still been successful. You know, they've had the games here and there where, of course, you know, they hadn't really had a great game, but. You know, that's that's the one thing they they've been able to move the ball even throughout these past two years at seven and nine. And uh I, I think there we would definitely see some improvement on defense and I think that's that's the key to breaking out of that uh seven and nine middle, you know, middle of the pack type record. Yeah, I guess one one last question I have for you, goody is
3: you look at, the, how, I mean, you've been on the other side of this ball, um, where how frustrating? And I know you. I'm not going to ask you to throw anyone under the bus or, or throw your old teammates under the bus or anything like that. But how no frustrating bus does it get? I, you know, where where you've got the 32nd ranked defense and you've got the number one offense or or, or a top five offense, and you're putting up points, you're putting up yards, and you are know, a team collectively but yeah. how hard is it to not point the finger or mentally you know fall into that trap of starting to blame someone when you're doing your job and, and you feel like the Saint, these Saints teams have just been so weighted towards offense and so bad
4: <laughs> well well for me you know with my personality you know I I I was never really a uh, point the finger guy and uh you know i would always think about what i was doing wrong so that's <laughs> i guess that's how i kind of balanced it out but uh mm-hmm. you know because you know it's it, if i'm not perfect you know i can't point a finger and uh one thing you one thing about the uh world of football you know everybody's always searching to play that perfect game but you never do and uh it's about just minimizing the mistakes you do man but uh you know it's It'll be interesting to see what, what type of improvement they have on defense because you know, anytime you got a quarterback like Drew Brees, if you, if you can get it, get get him some type of help on that side of the ball, he's going to win you a lot of games. Well, Jonathan, I don't want to share more than you're comfortable with
3: me sharing, but I know you had you had some coaching opportunities this off season. Most people don't know this, or I, I don't know how many Saints fans know this, but your brother very successful with the Arizona Cardinals as their offensive coordinator. Uh, they, they've they been doing tremendously well with him at the helm. Um, any interest in getting back in the league or, or maybe at the lower level, college, high school, and coaching?
4: I, I've had some uh, thoughts here and there. and uh, I actually uh, explored the uh, opportunities to coach at uh, my high school, Albemarle, and uh, I ended up uh, – Deciding not to. So Right now, I've been enjoying being able to to go to my my kids' uh, games and coaches like a lot that. of work, so, right? Coaches so, so is a lot it's of not, work. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. You put in a lot more hours, and you know, I, I already feel like I've missed a lot of time with them because of my playing. So I didn't want to, you know, retire and then increase my hours. So I, uh, for now, you know, I'm a to stay away from it. But who knows down the road? Maybe I'll explore it a little bit more.
2: All right. Well, Jonathan Goodwin, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Saints. Thanks for giving us time. We really appreciate it.
4: Oh, uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Katie.
2: All right. Now we're joined by everyone is here this weekend. This this Monday, and we're <laughs> and hopefully it'll record. But me and Andrew, we guarantee you that you will. Here Jonathan Goodwin, isn't that right Andrew? It's, it's 100%. It's I clear. mean, I hope I crystal, hope so. It's crystal it's crystal clear. They heard it just before he was he was on the podcast just before, so it's perfect.
3: Um and we of course del- We delivered, man. We
2: delivered. It only took a, it only took a backup to the backup to the backup, but by God, we we got audio. Um So, we're joined by Kevin you and act- Dave. You
0: actually listened to it? Yeah, you actually played it back
3: and listened I,
2: to it. I played it back and listened to it. It's crystal clear, okay. Dave, and it doesn't have even when, when Goodwin made good points, he didn't pull a Dave and like drop out in the middle.
3: I, I asked uh, <laughs> Ralph before the podcast started, I said, What's your level of confidence in the audio? Is it like Morton Anderson in his prime kicking a thirty two <laughs> yarder? Or is it Orlando Orlind- Mare <laughs> during his Stint with the Saints.
2: And what did I text uh, you? And, and what yarder. did I te- what did I text you back, Andrew?
3: <laughs> you told me that's an insult, to on Omar. Mar. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs>
2: so um, the Saints kind of, sort of had actual news today where they might be fishing for uh trying to trade for George. Jo- jo- I think what is it, George O'Leary? He's the Notre Dame coach. Isn't,
1: isn't it? Well, Leary? he was it's never not the Notre O'Leary. Dame
2: coach. Le- who's who i gotta
3: his I'm last gonna, name is leary i'm gonna call him Georgia. not oh leary like why are you trying to make him irish i don't know <laughs> 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 it's ronald leary
2: ronald leary the saints are thinking of trading <laughs>
1: Lon- 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 <laughs> <laughs> Ronald. Oh, lonel like leary ronald like ronald mcdonald
2: and I called him George, and I made him George, and and dropped an O. You made
1: him <laughs> George O'Leary, then George Leary, then Ron O'Leary, then Lon O'Leary.
2: Kevin, the audio, quali- the audio quality of the show may go up, and it may go down, and it may hit rock bottom. But me mispronouncing names—that's the
1: one consistent it's thing. It's here to stay. It's here yep. to stay. The everla- that's the everlasting trend.
2: Yeah, um, people were getting on me. Uh, over the weekend about guard because I was talking to I was talking on Twitter about guard for like the 900th time, but <laughs> but, I, but I like to talk Saints. But here's the thing, like, and people today were like, well, if they trade for guard, then isn't your whole hysterics about the draft and them dra- not drafting a guard? They were like, don't you look really stupid? And I was like, no, I wanted them to get a guard. I said they needed a guard, and that they got one in the summer if they if they trade with Dallas. It doesn't make my rantings uh not correct, like they they still need a guard, Andrew.
3: Well, I think if they pick up Leary, it's clear that the saints agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes
2: who's the, if they pick up leary, who's the who would be the odd man out not starting, do you think?
3: Uh, I mean, I think it would probably be Lolito. I, I still believe, and I could be wrong about this, I mean, we have to see how it plays out. That's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen with Streif. We don't know if he's going to get injured. We don't know if... I, I, I think right now, Penciled in as a starter, as a tackle, are Armstead and Streif. And unless Streif falls off a cliff a la Stinchcomb, or you know, Armstead gets injured, or, or has trouble recovering from his knee thing... I really think those guys are the starters, and the tentative plan is Pete starting at guard. Now, I think Pete is also the primary backup tackle. So I think what happens is he doesn't stay at guard if one of those guys gets injured. I think he slides over. Um, But for now, I think all three of them are starting on the offensive line with Pete at guard. I think that's the tentative plan. So I feel like Lolito, Landon Turner, Senio Calamete, they're all battling for that other guard spot. And if Leary comes in, he probably wins that battle.
2: Kevin, I feel like the Saints are gonna make a trade for Leary and they're gonna give up a draft pick. And me and you have been screaming that the Saints oh. need to stop giving up future draft picks. But today I just on Twitter I just said this I just said I've accepted that Loomis is gonna Loomis and they're going to give up they're gonna give up picks and you just have to hope that it works out. But what would be a draft pick that you You shouldn't be okay with it if it's whatever it is, because you don't want to give up future picks. But what would be a draft pick that would be absolutely so high that you would lose your mind even more than you're going to lose your mind? If that question makes any sense.
1: I, I personally think anything above a fourth.
3: But you, a fourth, you're, you wouldn't lose your mind or you would?
1: No, I would Anything above a fourth. I mean, I'm. I look, don't get me wrong. I won't be happy regardless of what the pick is. Me and Kevin I'm, I'm, are just
2: gonna. And, me and Kevin are just gonna groan. We're just gonna be like, it, ugh. But like, if they yeah, give up a second, yeah, and, if they give up a second, we're gonna be like groaning and then drinking.
1: Right. Right. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear me gargling because it'll be the whiskey. <laughs>
2: Dave, what, what's, what? What do you? Do you think they're gonna add a guard? We talked about it. We speculated, but what did your what is does your, your your Dave gut say?
0: Yeah, about that? I wrote a post like a week and a half ago titled "Should the Saints Trade for Ronald Leary." Uh, I it was. I, I you, like, you like you like him wrong. better
3: than George O'Leary, huh? Yeah, George yeah. O'Leary had a great
0: um,
2: resume, though a fantastic resume.
0: You know, Leary pretty much got wally pipped by um, Lyle Collins after he got injured last season. Um, I mean, basically, what that means—if you're not a baseball fan and you're not familiar with that term—basically, Leary got injured. Lyle Collins came in in his place, and he won the starter, the starting spot. And so now Leary is the odd man out on the Cowboys, and he wants to be traded. Um, so uh, the Saints have traded with the Cowboys before. I think there's a good relationship between the two teams, and I think Leary is uh, would would instantly be a starter on the Saints. Um, if they got him, so it's just a question of what they'd be willing to give up. Um, I'm assuming it would be draft picks. I'm assuming they, it would be. Dallas used a player. second
2: to pick him, right?
0: So, uh, yeah, he was like a high draft pick, and he, a, he, he he was a good starter. I mean, the Cowboys have always had a good had a good offensive line for a little while now, and he he was a starter. I mean, he would have remained a starter if he hadn't gotten injured. I think
2: it's, I mean, Andrew, fourth or fifth has got to be the minimum, right?
3: I would think, I mean, there's no way they're taking a sixth for a guy that's been a starter. But I don't know. I mean, remember uh, the Saints got Paris Harrelson for a seventh-round pick, and he was a starting linebacker, a veteran guy. Um, You know, Leary is, he he only started a handful of games last year, and, and Collins bumped him from the starting lineup, so... You know, it's like a fringe starter, backup guard. You know, I, I, I mean, it's certainly worth no more than a fourth-round pick, in my opinion. Uh, I, I think fourth would be pretty steep. Fifth feels about right. Um, they don't have I think a fourth, right? Could, it,
2: they gave. They don't have a fourth for Nick That's sharing. right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think yeah. a fifth. Oh. Fifth. Oh. Fifth makes sense.
3: <laughs> I mean, a six. I mean, a sixth or a seventh, I would pull the trigger right away.
2: They. I mean, they gave. They gave up a seventh for Barrett Roode, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. Let's, yeah. not, let's not fool ourselves at the same time. I mean, um, I, Kevin, should we – Should I guess people got on me on Twitter and, and I did take them, the people that I didn't block. I did accept it a little. Is it time to just accept that Loomis just treats draft picks like I treat bourbon and that is you drink it right now. You don't save it for a special occasion.
1: Um if if I ever found out Loomis drank the kind of bourbon you drank I would probably lose all faith in him period
2: <laughs> I drink I drink I drink Jack Daniels I drink uh You drink flavored
3: bourbon sometimes yes, but sometimes the honey he drinks the honey kind
2: Sometimes but sometimes you know, I the drink honey
3: kinds I- better than the freaking apple stuff he No thinks. the
2: apple stuff's better, but I drink I drink Pappy Van Winkle I drink some hipster regular old bourbon too I mean it's not just flavored Mix it up a little bit, but continue.
1: Uh, yeah, I am. Listen, y- you and and whoever else on Twitter, y'all can go on ahead and accept that that uh, that Loomis is is certifiably insane. I will gladly, you know, be I will be the, 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 the last man standing on on that uh, on this uh, on this hill uh-huh. screaming about. How they need to stockpile draft picks, and you can you can put my ass in the ground, uh, mm. and 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 put on my freaking tombstone. He always said they needed to stockpile more picks.
2: <laughs> oh, um, Andrew, is there, is there any is there anything else that is? I mean, the Saints. We talk about guard, 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 but defensive end kind of sucks too. Is there? An- <laughs> I mean, is um, there is there anything out there at defensive end that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of maybe sort of a interesting option. No, <laughs> no, not,
3: I mean, not not unless you want to go like John Abraham, unless you want to go like old. Um, what about but- Freeney? Is he still All alive? right, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, I meant Freeney. I meant Freeney. Um, i to be like, is John Abraham still playing? Is he still alive? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think Abraham is playing for the Cardinals, right? Isn't he, is he Jesus? still playing?
2: No, he tried to play a couple of years ago. They weren't tired.
3: Yeah, okay. Uh, no, I meant Freeney. Um, right. But, okay. yeah, I, I think uh, <sighs> defensive end I am worried about. I, I think it's one of those things where they have, like, some situational pass rush guys. Kikaha, Ida Bali, Guacham, like, Uh, it's not that I think those guys are good necessarily. I mean, I I still have hope for Kikaha, but I I think those guys are at least serviceable. I'm more concerned about running downs. And so unless like Bobby Richardson or like this guy Onyemata, who they drafted, I mean, unless those guys kind of work out on first and 10, second and six, and can kind of hold their blocks on running plays, that's where I get worried because, I mean, you got to remember these last few years, saints have been given up 4.8, 5.2 yards per carry in the run. Defense has been miserable. And I think a lot of it is just not setting the edge.
2: And that was one of the things, the underrated things about 2013. Andrew, when we did that chart all year, they were slightly above average on first down against the run. Like they gave up less than four yards of carry and it kind of set them up for success because teams didn't have second and six second and five, you know, um, that was one of the underrated things about twenty. I th- I think about twenty thirteen.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. I mean, it, you, you, I mean, the differences in in the other years is they would get six, seven <laughs> yards on first down, and then it just opens up the playbook. I mean, just like Goody was talking about just now, when you've got second and three, second and second two, you know, you, you've just got so many more options in the playbook, and it makes you so much less predictable as an offense. It's kind of wide open, and you can do whatever you want, and it's probably going to work.
2: All right, before we get to the uh, Sean Payton draft pick, uh, worst draft pick bracket, and a bunch of Twitter questions that we have, uh, Kevin, I'm I'm going to throw out a theory that I made yesterday, and it's crazy, but I think it's accurate. The Saints have $50 million of cap room next year, and I think... Mickey Loomis has done all of his moves and locked up Armstead and done everything, because he is not giving in to Drew Brees and he's gonna tag Drew Brees if it comes to that. He's gonna tag Drew Brees and pay him 44 million next year and not do anything in free agency and let Max Hunger walk. And Drew Brees is gonna play on a one-year 44 million dollar deal. That's my theory. Am I am without I Max Hunger?
1: <clears throat> What's that? without max on. Yes,
2: is my theory insane?
1: <sighs> it's insane, but it's brilliant. <laughs> because it's like, listen, if 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 Drew going bad. into the season, if he's <laughs> he's going into the season not wanting to negotiate, okay, and then like I'm sure Drew Drew'll have another good year and they'll go to the negotiating table and Yeah, I mean, I could just I can just see Loomis saying "Screw it, franchise," and then all of a sudden, like some guys, or transition, can't paint or whatever, or transition him is,
2: for thirty. I,
0: I, I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee that Breeze has another good year. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. He could get beat up out there, take some hits. He, last year, he's shown that he was um, not necessarily totally durable. I think what Mickey's doing is, I think he's. He's just waiting to see what kind of season Drew has, and if Drew has a good season, then maybe they'll give contract extension and add a couple of years. I don't think they necessarily would have to would, would want to tag him. I mean, forty four million for one year. I mean, that's
2: that's absurd. Well, I mean, but but I mean, isn't Andrew isn't that sort of maybe the hammer that Mickey Loomis is having at the the table, saying, "Look, we have the cap and We can tag you next year. You might want to take this deal that we're offering you now, where you get." Fifty million guaranteed because if you that's get, it's like,
0: it, well, like one third. That would be like one quarter of their entire salary cap. I,
2: I didn't say I my. I, I, I didn't say my theory was reasonable, Dave. I,
0: I don't. I don't
3: think that's that's on the table. You can't. You,
0: at, at that point, you'd have Drew Brees, and then you would have fucking absolutely nothing left to build anything around. you <laughs> well, would you still but, just have a shitty team.
2: You could tran. You could transition. That
0: would be like. The, I, I just.
2: You could transition tag him, and then a team would have to give you a one if you didn't match it, and that would only be a $30 million cap hit.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, that's, that's
3: certainly more likely. Or, or yeah. When did
2: that rule get added? I think that's always been. With I mean, the
3: you, new CBA.
1: Okay.
2: I mean, you can franchise or transition. So, I mean, Andrew, yeah. my theory is crazy. Andrew?
3: I don't think franchise tagging him is on the table. I just think 44 million or whatever it is makes it prohibitive. Um, yeah, the tradition, the transitional tag makes a lot more sense, but I-, I just don't even think that's under consideration. I don't even think that's like an ace in the hole for Mickey Loomis. Um, you know, I-, I still think both sides believe, yeah, we're we're going to get a deal done. I-, I think that's what they think. Yeah. I-, I think Loomis is is just kind of posturing and he's not feeling the pressure to do it now. And he's like, you can either accept my terms or, you know, we'll be back at the negotiating table next off season. That's fine. But I, and I think Breeze is, you know, I mean, I, obviously they're far apart. But I, I just think at the end of the day, both sides feel like it's going to happen.
2: Yeah. All right. So let's get to the worst Sean Payton uh, draft pick bracket. Uh, we well, are.
1: What is, I'm sorry to interrupt. What is the exact deadline for Breeze to say? For, for, for that to be tabled.
3: Well, Breeze has come out and said that he, he is imposing a deadline that he wants it done before the season starts. And if it's not done before the season starts, then he, he's not negotiating until after the season.
1: Right. Like so preseason, he, are we talking or like, no, I, I
3: think, I think that means week one.
2: Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, I think, I think, I think it's week one and, and, and I still think it's I think it's less than 50/50 it gets done. But I could but I could be wrong. All right. So, the Sean Payton worst pick bracket. We've had the audio issue, so you probably missed rounds 2 and 3, but we're down to the elite 8. And boy, Kevin, does this elite 8 suck balls. Um, so, let's start it off. Kevin, number 1 seed Stanley Jean Baptiste, number 9 seed Sean Canfield. <sighs>
1: Man, uh, I'm going Stanley Jean. But I'm going uh, the pirate. Yeah, uh, he was drafted what fourth round? And he was like he was drafted. No, second I, round. I remember the ex-
2: second round.
1: Well, wait. So wait, this was the Morstead draft, right?
2: N- Stanley Jean, Jean baptiste he the- No, he was 2014. Man,
1: what? Where, where? Who am I thinking of?
2: Oh God
1: i'm I'm sorry i'm I must be ha- I'm mentally exhausted I must be having a stroke okay whatever uh I'm still taking the pirate yeah he was drafted with the expectation of being a starter and or of c- competing for a starting spot yeah, he, and was gonna, he, he was gonna he was going turn the saints defense into the Seattle Seahawks
2: i mean right. here, I, I would say I, go, I go Stanley Jean baptiste as well because here's the thing the saints were so desperate for a corner. In 2014, like, if imagine if Stanley Jean Baptiste had been good, the Saints probably would have won the division. And I'm not saying it's all his fault that they went seven and nine, but he was. They desperately needed him to be good, and he wasn't even roster worthy at this point. So Stanley Jean Baptiste is my pick. Andrew.
3: Yeah, I mean he's number one seed for a reason. So, yeah, <laughs> Dave. And, and 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 trust me, I don't. I do not like Sean Canfield. Yeah, but. Dave. that's the pick i voted against sean canfield
0: every round i've I always thought that he was a, just a flyer i never really thought anybody expected him to be anything significant so that piece is definitely the worst draft pick
2: this is a this is a tough one charles brown the four seed Kyrie fort the five seed Kyrie fort was a narcoleptic and fell asleep in meetings Uh, and Charlie Brown was terrible and so bad that Sean Payton called him out in a post-game press conference and said he had seen enough. Uh, This one's hard. I got to go Fort because just the Saints' overall inability to pick a linebacker drives me insane, so I'm extra bitter, so I'm going Fort. Andrew, who you got? Yeah, I
3: mean, I, I think on one hand you can say, well,
2: Oh, did Andrew drop out? That's new.
3: Maybe hit the mute button.
1: Maybe no. That would be hilarious. God
3: damn it! I hit the mute button.
1: <laughs> oh!
3: <laughs> I pulled the <a> Kevin. <laughs> and and LSU just Bucknered, by the way. Oh my. God. Um, dude, this one's for you, it. Val. Yeah. Yep. So so, who
2: do you got, Andrew?
3: Um, well, what I was saying, what you guys couldn't hear, but what I was saying is on one hand, um, you know, you got Charles Brown who actually started games. Like you can say at least he played, you know, with yeah. Fort, he, he, you know, he, he was like Al Woods, like he was cut before he could even contribute on the field. Um, but for me, Charles Brown almost got Drew Brees killed numerous times and, I think he's the higher pick. He's a higher draft pick. He's a second round pick, and the offensive line, if he turns out to be good, is just in much better shape right now. So based on that, I'm I'm picking Brown.
2: Oh, that's true. If Charles Brown wouldn't have been good, they couldn't. They wouldn't have had to pick Pete. All right. That's uh, right. Who hasn't voted yet?
0: Dave. The, I'm voting for I'm voting for uh, Charles Brown because he was definitely a high draft pick with a lot of expectation and.
1: Just totally blew it. <laughs> uh,
2: Kevin, have you?
1: Yeah, uh, Juge, Juge swayed me. I was originally gonna vote for uh for for Fort, but I'm gonna I'm going with Charlie Brown. Uh. Uh, Charlie
0: Brown, Charlie
3: Brown. Right. Brown Brown versus Jean Baptiste is gonna be a good one. That is a strong, that is a
2: strong, strong shitty shitty matchup uh, that's,
3: that's a semifinal.
2: Dave number two Al Woods number 26 Stanley Arno
3: oh man
0: the Wake Forest uh, may, may come to an end here
1: <laughs> the dream of an all Wake Forest final hangs in the balance
0: well, no, we already lost it. I think yeah. last week. Yeah, we um, did. Yeah, Chip Vaughn. Now is. look, Al, Al, Al Woods was what? Was he a sixth or seventh? Fourth.
2: They traded up to get him.
0: Oh, he was. Oh, he was in the fourth
3: though. And Chip Vaughn was what round? Third. Four, fourth. Stanley. No, Arnur. yeah, but Stanley Arnur is the guy. we're <laughs> oh, Considering they all blur yes, together, Johnson Andrew. Stanley we on know he was what the next round after that. We did should it?
2: have we should have combined them okay. to one player, Andrew. Look, right. look, at, uh, back, right. look at back at this bracket. That's what we should have done. This should I'm going to like we
3: did with Hazlitt, linebacker. Yes.
1: <laughs> Chip Arno. The committee failure.
3: I'm going
0: to <laughs> go with Al Wood because I think he's actually turned out to yes. be a decent NFL player on another team, and so the frustration level is maxed out because it proves that the Saints just don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> with some players to get the yeah. most out of them so
2: that's I'm my go that's why I'm going out woods dave exactly what you just said kevin
1: oh you know what that's what maybe that's what it was is i i thought for a second <laughs> i confused jean baptiste Al-Wood. i confused jean baptiste with stanley arno <laughs> fair that's what it was um but oh god it's tough. i i i i have to go uh god oh i can't that's decide yet Ju- i can't decide yet jude go
3: okay well on one hand and, you know, new I'll, I'll make the uh, he lost the Super Bowl ring joke again. And that, that's, that's borderline unforgivable. Um, but the thing about Al Woods, I said this last week, and I'm sure no one heard it, but um, <laughs> the thing about Al Woods is not only did the Saints trade up to get him um, and he never played it down for the team, but the thing that kills me is that he basically ruined – the Saints drafting LSU players forever, <laughs> and and Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis won't even do it anymore. They're so gun shy. Based on the Al Woods, what do you experience. think
2: they do in the draft room? Like somebody is like, uh, "I think we ought to pick uh, but Alexander." They're like,
3: "Fucking they're Al like, like, Woods, cough. shut they're your like, hole, cough, cough, Al Woods, cough."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I'm picking Woods. Uh,
1: All right, um, you know what? They, good thing I waited. Juge said it. They traded up yeah. to get Al Woods. <laughs> it's always a tiebreaker. That's, that's the that's key for the, That swings it. That's the swing state. That's, Al Woods.
2: Al Woods. All right. So, Andrew, three seed Taylor Melhaw. I think
3: Al Woods could win this bench.
2: Number 11, Johnny Patrick.
3: Andrew. Oof. This is the toughest one for me. Yeah. Um. You know Johnny Patrick, in my opinion, is the same thing as. Uh, the pirate I, I put I put Johnny Johnny Patrick in the same bin as as Stanley Jean Baptiste. I mean, you he was did. drafted only one one round lower, and he was just as awful. Another just awful corner pick, and he shares an alma mater with Jeff Duncan, which is a major major strike against him. Um, right, but, but 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 Andrew, that's why you should vote to.
0: Uh, eliminate him because he did us all a favor by sucking.
3: <laughs> well here's the thing i'm gonna take Mel Half, and the reason the reason why i'm voting for Melhaf is if you spend a draft pick on a kicker he better be good i mean it's just it's so easy to get cheap free agents and undrafted rookies that can suck but can make it an occasional kick that if you're gonna spend a draft pick on a kicker he better be awesome and he kicked like two games ever for the Saints. He so. didn't even
2: last a month. Yeah. Yeah, I got to go. I got to I got to agree with Andrew. You, you just like a kicker even though you look at it and you're like, "Oh, it's a six round pick. What but when you, when you draft a a kicker or a punter, they got to be they got to at least play for two or three years minimum for it to be or if they don't, it's a disaster. And I mean, God, the the Saints kicking it. I mean, at what 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 did the Saints have to do, Dave, for the special teams coach to get fired? Like, what has to happen? Because I feel like we there's there's is there any scenario you could see where they would fire the special teams coach?
0: Yeah, when Peyton gets fired.
2: So twenty twenty one.
0: Whatever, whenever you think Tatum gets fired, that's when uh, <laughs> Greg McMahon's gone.
2: So who you, who you
0: got, who you got? And Joe Vitt. Who you got, Dave? And apparently Bill Johnson. Yeah. Who you? Um, I, I'm definitely going for a kicker. They probably didn't even need to draft him. I'm sure he was going to be available <laughs> uh, after the draft. I mean, let's be serious. <laughs> so.
2: Kevin, have you
1: voted? <laughs> That's a great exasperated side, Dave. Kudos. Uh, yeah, <laughs> is this a I'll clean sweep? It clean sweep. So we got.
3: Hey, hey, how about my seating? By the way, strong. one, two, three, and four in the sem- in the semis.
1: Strong.
0: The only thing
3: you're always you're always complaining about my seating. Yeah, Rob, this but was, this is I, pretty I, damn spot on. This is strong.
0: I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit, this was the best job seating
3: so far
0: for this was strong.
2: But remember, Andrew, didn't we? You sent it to me and. You had a couple guys missing, and we chatted on the phone a couple times. Like you had Al Woods missing, and I think you had another. Yeah. One. And we chatted on the phone and like straightened it out. But this is that st- was
3: that was an egregious omission. But that, this is
2: strong. But I mean, this is the third one we've done, so I mean, the committee's getting tighter. That's right. right. So all right, let's let's do some Twitter questions. It's getting late. Uh, all right. Uh, Kevin, this is from Dylan. When the Bills go seven and nine this year, and Rob and Rex get fired, will you be amused?
1: I will, I, I yeah, I, I will be quite amused. Uh, I, I, Actually, you know what? I, kinda, I can't, I can't of believe he thinks he's they're winning going, seven games. I don't think they're, I, you know what? Part of me thinks they're not going seven and nine. Part of me can almost see him going eight and eight or nine and seven and challenging for a wild card spot.
3: Stop because,
1: it. I, listen to me. I can watch the Bills, watch the Bills defense be like top 12, top 10. Stop like it. Scratch the top. Listen. You're gonna get that one year. You get the one year,
4: and then, but you know, and
1: then, then you start seeing photos of Rob Ryan at the at the Buffalo Greek Festival. You see him uh, coming out of his favorite, well, uh, his, favorite Ma- bar, his favorite bar, his favorite bar in downtown Buffalo. <laughs> you know, his
0: favorite his favorite wing place. Yeah,
1: his favorite wing place. Which he's is going to his wing favorite wing. sausage. His, one Ryan's, of his favorite sausage his joint.
2: Fa- his favorite wing place is any wing place. <laughs>
1: Um, the Bills hadn't, and then the, after that, boom, they'll bottom out.
2: The Bills hadn't made the playoffs in '98, so I mean, they're due for just like a random ten and six year that makes no sense. Uh,
1: exactly. I mean, they have to win the wild card because yeah. they're not going to be the Patriots. D- <laughs> well, yeah, and they'll get trucked in the first round.
2: Andrew, who would you rather have a career year, Mark Ingram or CJ Spiller? That's a good
3: question. <sighs> Oof. um. I mean, CJ Spiller's best year was ridiculous. I mean, his yeah. career year so far is what he had like twelve hundred yards rushing and like six,
2: and like five fifty receiving. Yeah, it was.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, his best year was way better than Ingram's. So yeah, I would pick Spiller just because of this year numbers.
2: This is a good, this is an interesting question. Another one from Dylan. If I told you the Saints D would be ranked twelfth against the run but 29th against the pass in 2016, would you take it, Dave?
0: Wait, wait say that again? What were they, the numbers?
2: They would be ranked 12th against the run, but 29th against the pass. Would you take
0: nah. it? Uh, it nah, now, if you switch those and we're 12th against the pass and 29th against the run, then I would take that. See, but if I, they're going to be 29th against the pass, that's... I would I mean that's just that's like the same shit we've been seeing. No, it's
2: just, it's, I, I I would take ugh. it. I would take it. And here's ugh. and here's why I would take it and here's why. There's a much greater chance that if you're 29th against the pass, those passing yards are empty calories like in 2009. The Saints gave up a shit ton of passing yards, but whatever, cuz they were up 3 touchdowns in the fourth quarter, it didn't matter. If you're 29th against the run, I think it's worse. Am I, am, Andrew? Is that a crazy theory of mine?
3: No, I agree.
2: All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here.
0: Uh,
2: are the Andrew the Saints looking to get weird with tight ends this year?
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> their their third tight end is is making what two million a year? Their their third <laughs> guy, so. So, oh, I mean, you don't pay that. I mean, they have shelled out so much money to tight ends this offseason. Jumbo package. Jumbo, between between jump. matching the Bears' offer for Hill, uh, keeping a man and the ridiculous contract they gave Kobe Fleener. Um, I mean, I, there's no way you spend that much on tight ends unless you're looking to get weird.
2: <laughs> Alfredo asks, can you have a podcast via Ravens? That'd be the way to work through the audio kinks. Yes, it would be.
3: Remember when we jo- remember when we joked about uh, Rob Ryan having a safety fetish? <laughs> Sean, well, I, I feel like uh, Sean Payton's developing a tight end. Fetish. I think
2: he is too because I think they went they went heavy tight ends last year, Andrew, and it kind of saved their offense. It made them kind of go like they started yeah. it when they were one and four. Um, if the Cowboys, let me see this. Oh oh, would you do Dave? Would you do a John Jenkins for Leary swap? That's a good question.
0: Um, no, I only say that because I don't think that they that we would have to. I think that we can probably get him for just a draft pick. And I, you know, Jenkins is serviceable. He's <laughs> serviceable. Uh, okay. well, I mean, he's, he's good to have for depth. You know, he's you not want him to be your he's like a fruit. you don't want him to be your best. Defensive tackle, but you know it like would be bad if he was like your fourth like, or fifth.
2: He's like a frozen pizza when it's raining and you don't want to go get food. <laughs> <sighs> oh, let but me.
3: But who did the Saints start a defensive tackle if he's gone? Fairly. I mean you got you got fairly Rankins and and then what nothing Can, Canada guy right and and, and fairly and Rankins are basically the same position you can't
2: play Richardson at tackle not on rundowns
3: right no 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 definitely not on first down
2: uh, and that'll that'll
3: be they a, need a fat guy
2: they need a f- and Jenkins he he definitely
3: fits he the, qualifies
2: for the fat guy all right that ends the questions uh for today thanks everybody for the questions, and and we want to definitely thank people even though last week uh the podcast was a bit of a train wreck it was because of the donations and we had SoundForge and we have the audio programs that we were able to purchase because of the donations that we got a podcast at all so we want to thank you for that keep donating we need to keep the lights on we could even do better uh and have a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. We could have uh, my wife holding out a nineteen seventy nineteen seventy My wife. Speaker my wife. My wife. My wife. Got it in uh, just at the end. Just at the end. But uh, so you can go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got all kinds of cool stuff of the top most valuable Saints. He's got uh, some other cool stuff up there. Uh, go to Canal Street Chronicle. Dave's got roster stuff, predictions. He's got articles that he actually wrote. Like he said, he wrote a post about should the Saints trade for guard, which Dave, he's so busy running his empire that he hadn't had time to write as much anymore. But he did, so go there and read that. Uh, and Kevin is on the Twitter. Kevin is on the Twitters um, doing stuff.
1: As Sean Orleans, at Sean Orleans, I had to take away Hakeem drops the ball. No. <laughs> yeah. You got rid of that? <laughs> Yeah. But, no, no, no. I, I like I, cha- I, I changed it. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And also,
3: too, people ask I feel me, like a piece of me has died.
1: Yeah, me too. <laughs> and all these
2: people on Twitter.
3: All Juge,
1: of- <laughs> Give Juge an Academy Award. He sounded legitimately crestfallen by that. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Mm. Got me feeling emotional over here.
3: Oh, man. I got to <laughs> pour one out for at Hakeem drops ball. Hakeem drops the ball. It
2: was a great blog that has like eight posts.
3: It was like it
1: was No, like, no, 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 no. No motherfucker. I made post I made a lot of posts and then at some point it was just like ah fuck it.
3: <laughs> it was it Time was to go good okay Tinder. It was Pretty it, much.
2: It, it was like <laughs> it was like, like the Titanic. It never got going. Uh so do that all was that. A
3: terrible
0: metaphor. <laughs> it was so a, oh, and really all th- and all the
2: metaphors, no way. No. And all the people no, on all, all, all the people on Twitter asking me about uh you seem to be uh blocking more people. I'm like, Yes, consult my profile. The Twitter blocking po- policy has changed. I can't
3: believe you blocked the angry hoodie. Good I've for you. Blocked
2: a lot of people, man. I just You
3: sound a lot happier, I gotta be uh, honest. Uh,
2: uh, here's it here's the thing, man. I just like you can you can yell at me, you can make fun of our audio, you can make fun of me being crippled, you can make fun of my Saints, you can make fun of whatever you want. But don't troll me about how I'm having the same, same Saints conversations over and over again. Dude, it's the off-season. I go on Twitter, I want to talk Saints. If I want to talk Drew Brees' contract for the 9,000th time, I'm going to do it. Either join the conversation or just leave me alone. If you troll me, you're getting blocked. You know? I got I got the hammer down. I got, I got a 6-month-old when I'm feeding him or doing whatever I'm doing to him in the middle of the night and I'm on the twitters I just want to talk saints.
3: Yeah, I got to say young kids makes your tolerance for bullshit
1: go way down. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: cuz <'Cause>, <laughs> you have to have so much patience with them, patience with them. Yeah. You can't have patience anywhere else in you, you let nothing out. No. Right, like
1: you're cle- right. I mean, you're cleaning up actual human shit. Why do you need to deal with bullshit?
2: <laughs> yeah. exactly so um all right so thanks to everybody for joining us uh until next week the bar is
1: closed
4: one two three four those are numbers but you already knew that